This is the Lakin Chronicles Road to Recovery podcast with addiction recovery specialist, Dr. Greg Lakin. Real people, real stories, real addiction, and real recovery journeys. The Road to Recovery starts now. Thank you. This is another episode of Lakin Chronicles, but actually, the it's it's I appreciate people that come and talk to us so much because what we're doing is we are actually talking to people that have battled addiction and have succeeded in beating it and what were their secrets and I admire that people come in and share their story it takes a lot of courage to come in and share your story so thank you so much Savannah Savannah is is somebody that um, will tell you her story and and we can learn from each and every one of them and I know I certainly have and and again thank you because it's way more inspiring to hear a good success story than hear some doctor ramble on about <laughs> Addiction, but yeah, no. Just start from the beginning, Savannah, if you would, and 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 tell tell us uh, how addiction started to to take over your life. Um, I feel like my story is a little bit different because my mom was actually an addict, and she actually went here, mm-hmm. well, the old location, right? And she was an addict for a very long time, and so I had to get a procedure done. In the hospital and they told me to take like Motrin or ibuprofen mm-hmm. or something strong because I was gonna need it before obviously for the pain and my mom happened to offer me a Lortab mm-hmm. and so that was the first time I ever took one and I was like oh my god <laughs> it made me feel so good and it obviously it helped with the pain but and then from there on out I just never stopped and my mom was actually, she is the one, I mean, she blamed herself for a very long time, but she, me and her, um, we fed off of each other, our addiction and my mom's passed now, but before she passed, um, she was essentially my dealer and she got all the pills for me and that's just how it began. It wasn't. I wasn't in a car accident or hurt my back or I just took mm-hmm. one pill yeah. just for something um, little in the hospital and then that's where it took off. And how old were you then? Um, this was in 2010. Um, so, so really it hasn't been that long really. But I mean, I mean 10 years, it yeah. was 6 years of non-stop being on the pills. Mm-hmm until I came in here in 2014. I mean, four years. Mm -hmm. So only four years. I got, I feel like I wasn't as bad as some people were, Mm -hmm. but I was taking up to 10 to 15 a day. Mm -hmm. And until my mom is the one who actually got into this place, she found a place because it was just her bank account was just depleted and she's like we can't do this anymore besides you know getting better for ourselves like she was just broke right you know helping yeah. doing it for both of us because I couldn't afford to mm-hmm. buy all the pills on my own right. the amount of money it cost and so you got to personally experience just how euphoric that first pill can be yes then you got to experience maybe what your mom went through as your tolerance got higher and 
everything became more expensive. I never felt like growing up, because my mom probably 10 to 20, I don't know, I don't know exactly how long, but she was an addict for a long time, and I was like, I'm never going to be like that. Right. Never. That won't be me. And, you know, just taking a few pills every day, you, you build your to tolerance, mm -hmm. and you just don't think, you don't think you're just going to become dependent on them. Mm -hmm. And you do, but you don't realize it. And, no, it, it, uh, it's kind of subversive. It just happens before you know it. How did they get this bad? Or how did it get like this? Yeah. So with your mom, then was hers based in pain originally? And then yes. it just... She had neuropathy mm -hmm. in her hands. And, I mean, she really did have pain, but hers also, she became dependent on them. So it was pain mm -hmm. with taking more than she needed to take. Exactly. Couldn't manage her pain meds and ended up taking more, right? And then, probably not knowing the danger at that time, well-meaning, she gave you one of these yeah. pills, you know, and moms don't like to see their kids, no. you know, in pain or suffer, and it may be well-meaning at the time, but, She you know. thought she was just helping me out, mm. and, you know, she would just give me a few and then when I started to become dependent on them, she didn't want to see me suffer. Mm -hmm. And I mean, she felt like a horrible mom. And I don't blame it on her, I blame it on me. And But I mean, she's no longer here. And I felt like, I don't know. Right. It's just, it's hard to talk about with my mom because. No. No, I, under, I understand. When I think about it, it's, it's yeah. horrible what I, what I did. I feel like I put my mom through that, and I shouldn't have. And well, and, and I also think, and I see this with families, sometimes it's a lonely life being addicted to something, and I think almost subconsciously sometimes people, even people that they love, they bring them in to the fold, you know, so that they have a friend that they can maybe commiserate with or, yeah. you know, so I, I don't know, but then, like you said, your, your mom would enable, I yeah. guess, and maybe, maybe out of love, maybe, maybe just not knowing the dangers, but, um, so, so your, your tolerance, of course, built up. Right. And you said not too high before you got help, though. Yeah, 2014. I actually... I had my oldest son in 2012, and at that point, when I got pregnant, I was determined to get off of them completely, mm -hmm. and this was before I was here, and so I didn't really know a lot about, you know, pregnancy and pills, and because I was scared to talk to my, my OBGYN about it, and how that would affect the baby, and I mean, I researched and everything, but I was determined to get off of them, and so I went from like 10 to 15 down to when I was like 38 weeks pregnant, I got down to like three. Well so I was doing good, but then those mm -hmm. last few weeks, I was, mm -hmm. it's all mental and I just, it was so hard to get off of them completely. And I mean, I was proud of myself for getting down to that mm -hmm. little. Right. And then in the hospital, they prescribed me Percocet. Mm -hmm. And I told them not to. 
after I had my son because I had a complicated birth. I was, uh, my son was fine, but mm -hmm. I had some complications and I almost died actually. Wow. And I lost almost um, half of my blood. And I was in a lot of pain after. And so they did prescribe me Percocet even though I didn't want them, but they were there. Right. Your old standby, really. Yeah. Your old standby was there. And I was upset with them for giving them to me, but then I also took them because mm -hmm. they were there. And I was planning to, you know, after I had my son, I was down to three a day and I was mm -hmm. going to get off of them completely. And then they gave me Percocet and it just started back up again. So several steps forward and then a couple steps back, but right. obviously you re-engaged and took responsibility. And I see that with a lot of people, people that... If, if they take the attitude you have where it's their journey, their responsibility, nobody put the pills in my mouth, they get better. I mean, you know, they take ownership and they get better. And then those that are constantly playing the victim role that, oh, why did the doctor give it to me again? Or why did this person put it in front of me? Or whatever. They, they don't get better because they're the victim and they don't have to change that way. So I'm glad you, you took the, the way, the and then being pregnant, I mean, again, out of love for your future child, you... It was scary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank God my son came out great. Yeah. Yeah. If you can even get down lower like that, he doesn't have to go through withdrawals. Right. So wonderful. Well, good. And then, so what was it that suddenly, like, okay, this time I'm... Was there a sentinel event or something that just resonated with you where you decided, I'm getting help now and we're going to just beat this? Um... So when I had my son in 2012, 2014 is when I came to Center for Change. Mm -hmm. And so in between those two years, I, I noticed myself, I didn't talk about this with any, anybody except for my mom. Mm -hmm. I didn't talk about this with my husband until I got pregnant. Okay. I kept that from my husband mm -hmm. because my husband didn't grow up around any of that. His parents were very Christian, didn't mm -hmm. drink. He didn't grow up around it, and alcoholism runs in my family, addiction runs in my family. Mm -hmm. And my husband, who I was with for a very long time, I just didn't tell him until I was kind of forced to when I got pregnant and he came right. with me to the doctor. Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, that's when I told him, and the only person I could talk to about this was my mom. Because mm -hmm. I didn't really, my friends, some of my close friends knew, but they didn't understand addiction mm -hmm. and so really my mom was the only one I could talk to and I noticed a change in me I mean I used to be really outgoing did my hair did my makeup and after having a kid along mm -hmm. you know just motherhood in general right. is tiring having a newborn and I just had no energy for anything and um, pain pills they give you they give you energy, but in a way, it's like you're just so... Concerns go away. Yeah, you don't really care about anything about except getting your next pill. Mm -hmm. okay. And I was like, I don't, wanna, I don't want my son to grow up with his mom like this. Mm -hmm. And Because you did. Yeah. Right. And I never thought I would ever, ever mm -hmm. become addicted. Right. I thought I could just take some pills and I'd be fine. <laughs> right. But. Yeah. No, I mean, well done. I mean, they, so 
So then you, you came on board and we put you on what medications? I, mean, um, I well, my mom, so she came here and she's like, we're going to do this together because she can't even, she couldn't afford the money she was spending monthly. Right. Which, how much do you think that was? I mean, a couple grand a month. Mm -hmm. Two to three, maybe. Right. But she just, I mean, my mom and my dad, my dad's ex-military. Mm -hmm. And so, um, they made good money, but it wasn't the point. Was, they didn't work so hard for this. Yeah. yeah to do this, right? It's not the money she wanted to be spending it on, you know? Mm -hmm. And she's like, we can't afford, we can't spend the money on this anymore. We got to get better, not just the money, but we got to do it for us and your child. And so she found Center for Change, and then she's like, "You're gonna do this too." She didn't. She just told me, "You're gonna do." It. Like I'm a grown adult, but she's like, "You're yeah. gonna do it too," which she I I wanted to come. So okay. that's when I found this place. Mm -hmm. And then. It was Suboxone that we started you on, yes. buprenorphine products, sure. I didn't want to be on, put on methadone. Right, yeah. I know there's a big stereotype on methadone. There really right. is. And a lot mm -hmm. of people don't know about Suboxone. Right, yeah. And, and really, your tolerance wasn't that high anyway. I mean, you know, methadone is a great tool for people with really high tolerances. But yours, you came in earlier. You came in earlier. Yeah. You know, so um, before it got really bad, before you lost everything. So, yeah. well, well done. So, yeah, what, what, what did you notice about Suboxone? Um, I was happy to be on it. I, I still battle with myself sometimes because I feel like I don't want to be on anything at all. But it's mentally, like, I can't get off of it. it no, it's, a, it's definitely a different feeling than being on pain pills. Suboxone... I'm always tired, but of course, you know how my job is. I'm always right. tired. Oh, I work absolutely. nights. Yeah, all night. But I wasn't feeling that high anymore. But then mm -hmm. I felt, I still, it gave me a little bit of energy. Mm -hmm. boxing, But I felt like I was happy. I didn't, I wasn't craving any opiates, you know. I, mm -hmm. I was happy not craving those. Yeah, the chase was over. You didn't have concerns or anxiety or, or, didn't have to spend your entire day worried about being sick or where you're going to get right. pills again. Yeah. Did you notice your brain kind of change a little bit with regard to kind of getting out of crisis mode or kind of getting out of, you know, they call it fight or flight sometimes? Did you see that? Or Yeah. And the big thing was the money, of course. It's a lot cheaper to right. get yeah. Suboxone and it be from a pharmacy. Mm -hmm. than getting it off the street, you know, right. getting opiates off the street. Yeah. Did and you have to put yourself in some bad situations sometimes in the wrong part of town? My or? mom did. Right. And that caused a lot of guilt for me. That was another reason why I wanted to come here because I just, I felt so incredibly guilty. Mm -hmm. My mom didn't want me to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. I'm a grown adult, but my mom, she protected me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, was her only, I'm, I was her only child. But she didn't want me to go through any of that. Well, good. So it sounds like you got wealth got cleaned together. Yeah. You made amends before she passed, I'm assuming. Or you feel... Yeah. Um, in 2016, I got pregnant again. 
and this time I was I was in Center for Change and this time I was prescribed, you know, right, right. on Suboxone, which, mm -hmm. and I wanted to get off of it, Suboxone, because I was scared, because, mm -hmm. you know, credit. my first son yeah. came out healthy, but right. we were actually in the hospital over a week when my son was born, because we went two different hospitals, uh, the first one, my oldest, he went, we went to Wesley, my second child, we went to St. Joe, and their policies are a little different. Mm -hmm. And the first time, I don't know why, I was out in two days. Right. Even with my complications, like, they they kicked me out. <laughs> and St. Joe, they wanted, they wanted to watch the baby, my son, an observation for a week. Wow. Just to make sure he yeah. didn't have any side effects from the Suboxone. Interesting. And you were on low dose. Yeah, and he came out fine. And but at that point, no, none of my family, besides my mom, knew. Mm -hmm. And my mom had passed in 2017. I got pregnant in 2016, but my mom passed two mm -hmm. months before the baby was born. Sure. So really, I only had my husband. Nobody else knew. So mm -hmm. my family was wondering why I was in the hospital so long. But I just didn't want anybody to know. No, I understand. That's why I appreciate it so much. I mean, it takes courage to come tell your story. And and uh, and certainly, you know, the fact that um, your love for your kids helped get you clean as well, and your love for your mom helped get you clean. And then even when you go to the hospital, it's all over the board on how long they want to keep you in and watch the newborn. And, you know, sometimes it's not necessarily knowledge-based or... or Sometimes it's fear-based or just being extra cautious. Um, yeah, it's all over the board sometimes with neonatologists and neonatal nurses and, and all that. So, um, but you survived it all. You've got two great kids. Yes. Yeah. And you're doing well. You have a great job. Yes. Crazy hours. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Yeah. One day I'll sleep again. Yes. Yes. I... Well, Sorry, oh, go ahead. No, no. And so... I'm, Tell people what it's like to be on the other side. The fact that you know you've been off, um, other than buprenorphine, you've been off all other things. There's mm -hmm. no cravings. I mean, I'm sure you've been tested a time or two with weak moments, but I actually, honestly, I haven't been tested a lot to be honest. Mm -hmm. There are sometimes my friends. Um, My friends like to drink, and I'm just not a drinker anymore. I don't drink, and I'm, I stay home a lot. Mm -hmm. But I love being, not having to re rely on any type of opiate. Suboxone makes me feel healthier mentally, but I know I don't want to be on it forever. Right, absolutely. But I'd rather mm -hmm. be on Suboxone than the alternative. Right, and I notice people sometimes that People are able to titrate down in just a matter of months. Sometimes it takes longer, um, but they. But they it's all done. mental. Like, yeah. I think I could physically do it, but mm -hmm. it's getting off. I'm on a low dose, but it's that low dose. I just can't. It's kind of a crutch or something. Yeah. But yeah. And and we work on. I mean, we with every with every patient, we work on the anxiety component if it's there, 
or depression or any other mood disorders, but sometimes it's just not even any, it's just... And I suffer from severe anxiety too, especially mm -hmm. after my second child was born and mm -hmm. I had lost my mom. I've had to go to the hospital twice for yeah. severe anxiety. They tested me for everything else and they could find nothing. They just, they knew it was my anxiety. But that has also helped me a lot, is being on my um, anxiety medication. It's helped me tremendously. Which is? Lexapro. Right. So an yeah, SSRI. Yeah, absolutely. And really that's just about getting your own serotonin back up to where it should be anyway. Because yeah. oftentimes people that do this with Lortabs, Narco, whatever, they, their anxiety, is there's a deficit. So no, that's good. So wonderful. I, I definitely don't wake up feeling like... Like with lower tabs and Percocets, I it was like a temporary high, mm -hmm. and I don't have to worry about that. And it it feels great to not have to. I can wake up with a clean mind, you know. Right, because for every high, there's a crash. Yes. Yeah, and so life on the other side, would you say it's worth it? Yes, definitely. Absolutely, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you, Miss Savannah. Lots of courage. Thank you. Dr. Lakin is a board-certified family medicine doctor with an emphasis in addiction medicine and over 25 years of experience. For addiction recovery services in the Wichita area, please visit www.centerforchangeks.com or visit samhsa.gov for a national directory of resources and recovery centers in your area. You can also find these links in the podcast description. Thank you for listening to the Lakin Chronicles Road to Recovery podcast. And remember, you've got this.